0: I wonder if my friend Kanata Edwards at Nada the Scribe on Twitter from CBS Sports dot com. I wonder if he has caught World Cup fever at all. Nada, how are you, man?
1: I am good. You should know that I have no choice but to catch World Cup fever. Like you got to think about it like this. I am working for cbs sports i'm working on the dot-com side i produce a whole bunch of this stuff right there hasn't been a goal i haven't seen yet okay that's how deep into this fever i am
0: right. what'd you think of richarlison's bicycle kick goal uh from the first match of group stage
1: is the best goal I saw? Like the well, hold on. Best non policit goal that I saw. Ah, very. I have nice. to be semi. I have to be semi-patriotic with this one.
0: There you go. I like. Uh, I like to hear it. All right. F- let me ask this, uh, and this is going to lead us into a touchy subject, but because I didn't want to get to it right away, but I think the number one story right now in the NBA is the fact that Kyrie Irving is playing. He's not playing poorly, yes. and the Brooklyn Nets are starting to win. Um, is this a ship that is righted writable? Are they a legitimate contender in a pretty loaded
1: east? Let's let, let again let's we have to define what writable is. Can they be a playoff team in the east? Absolutely. Can they be a contender in the east? No, I like Brooklyn. <laughs> But Boston is the best team yes. in the league right now, and then on top of that, you still have Milwaukee and Giannis, who is the best player in the league right now. They like I like what Brooklyn can do. I like what Brooklyn has. But if we're talking about this in any sort of so, sort of sentence that says Brooklyn is going to go through one or one of or either both of Milwaukee and Boston to get to a NBA Finals. I'm sorry you are high. <laughs> uh maybe maybe you feel
0: like uh Pulisic did when he crashed into uh the Iranian keeper. Uh Kanata Edwards <laughs> at not of Scribe on Twitter is joining us. Uh, certainly Luka Doncic feels like Giannis is the best player in the world. Uh did you have a problem with him saying yeah. that? I heard some people like my my, my buddy Jay Williams on ESPN didn't lo- didn't want to hear that. I'm like I don't know. I think that Giannis is the best That's, player in the world.
1: Giannis is the best player in the world, but at the same point, we're not. We're, we're acting like Giannis didn't say this about LeBron and Durant and all this. Like that may be just how these European players get down, and That's they it. actually give credit. How how dare we? How <laughs> dare we admire someone else's work? How dare we? That is such a horrible, horrible thing to do. I guess
0: horrible. Maybe it comes down to this, because I'm old enough. You may not be old enough to remember this. Well, Charles Barkley, back when when everybody was at Barkley was playing, Jordan was, they're all playing. And yeah. Barkley said, I have to think that I'm the best player in the world. And even though he wasn't. And I think he would probably readily admit that he wasn't better than Jordan. But Fair. there there is, there is a mindset. And I'm going to bring it up in golf terms. Because it's easy analogy to make. Everybody yeah. on the planet knew that Tiger Woods was the best player in the world. Yeah. But the margins are so thin that these guys also know that, hey, if I do what I'm capable of doing, I can beat him. I know I can beat him. So I think there is a difference between uh, Luka Doncic saying that Giannis is the best player in the world and Luka
1: Doncic believing that his best can be better than Giannis, isn't there? There is there is a difference. There, there is that we can make that difference. And I, I truly do believe that we can honestly make that difference. And give and also if he's saying, yo, Giannis is the best in the world, doesn't that also kind of give him something to strive for? Yeah. Like let's think, let's think about it like that. Like, if it gives him something to strive for, then we're all good about this. Then we're like okay, we have that naturally competitive rivalries that we seem to be seeking for in the NBA all the time. Maybe, okay, we have to chase. Like, If Giannis has, if Luka has something to chase, I don't see that as being the worst thing in the world, especially for a guy that has at times not come into the season starting off in the best of shape.
0: <laughs> that That is true. Speaking of best of shape, this is not physical for Luka yeah. Doncic. Why are the
1: Mavericks outside of even the play-in range right now? It's amazing what happens when your second-best player goes to the Knicks for $110 million. <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you don't necessarily replace that. It's right. also amazing that they think that Kemba Walker, on maybe one good leg, can somewhat replicate that. No. Like, like there's there's a lot of this that felt like this was arrogance on the part of the Dallas Mavericks in not getting Luca some help. And now we are now in that nice little time loop I like to call insert superstar here needs help. (laughs) And now we can throw Luka Doncic's name in that sentence, that that lovely little Mad Libs, because clearly Luca needs help. Clearly this team is built poorly. And, And we haven't even gotten into the whole Christian Wood and thinking that JaVale McGee had something left in those legs to actually be a starter. There's a lot of these decisions that have been bad. And now the consequences of their actions are now starting to haunt them. It just happens to be in December and not in March, April. I
0: I wonder if JaVale McGee is sort of connected to several bad decisions over the course uh, of the last five or seven years in the NBA. All right, um, back to the Kyrie thing. Yeah. Uh, and this sort, this this gets us into LeBron James. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Lakers are actually playing some halfway decent basketball right now. Russell Westbrook is contributing, and I think has been a positive, uh, especially in the role they've got him now, running a uh, a bench unit. I think he's played pretty well. Um, but after the game the other day, mm-hmm. LeBron, after the press conference, chastised the media for not asking him about a picture of Jerry Jones at a North Little Rock high school in 1957 when there was uh, protests about segregation or desegregation. And I read an article in The Guardian about this, and I didn't read the Washington Post article that I think LeBron was referring to, but I read an article in The Guardian about this issue. Um, And I'm just going to let you start, and then we'll go from there. About, like, it it just came off as very forced by LeBron to me. So, what are your thoughts it on LeBron chastising the media for not asking him about the Jerry Jones photo?
1: My pro, and as you've probably seen, I've had to fish a whole lot of garbage out of my mentions on this one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I would first say that if LeBron is bringing up solely the photo. It is a disingenuous conversation to start, because quite honestly, if you're not if you're bringing up the photo, you're not and you're not bringing up the article that comes with it, then quite honestly, there's no conversation to be had. Right. If you read the article, the article is largely about white men, billionaire white men with the chance to do something. And he does nothing. Right. More importantly, he impedes progress. That's the problem with asking the question with saying, why don't you ask me about the photo? Because the first question you have to answer back is, yo, did you read the story? Mm-hmm. If you did not read this story, I'm sorry. I can't have this conversation with you. And more importantly, all we're doing is asking him about a photo with no sort of context. And that's sort of the, that's the kind of sort of ladies, lazy journalism that we always get killed for doing if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So why would we continue that pattern with Jerry asking him about a Jerry Jones photo? More importantly, when he says, you guys felt comfortably enough to ask me about Kyrie, Kyrie at, at the worst is a peer. At best, it's a personal connection. So I kind of had a problem with this whole thing because these are much more of an apples and oranges situation and LeBron's trying to make fruit salad out of this and it doesn't work. I think if he wanted to say something about it, he should
0: have just said it uh, rather than chastise the media about it. I mean, he could have said what he wanted to. Uh, the problem is that he wasn't there really wasn't an issue for him there because he had no idea what the article was about. He just saw a picture um, now because that issue, it's, it's a big issue, Right. Uh, Jerry yeah. Jones in 1957, 65 years ago, by the way, but it's it's still a big issue. Why was he there? All of that and questions can be asked and maybe answered or ducked if you are Jerry Jones because he has had many opportunities to oh, yeah, uh, yeah. to do something positive uh, for uh, inclusion, equality, uh, all of that. He could have supported Colin Kaepernick, but he obviously did not. Um, so, no. But. That's that's a, a separate issue. How about the reason why nobody asked you about Jerry Jones is because you play in the NBA, and this was about a former teammate and possibly a future teammate, and you are also kind of the face of the league. That's why they asked you about Kyrie Irving. I would have never thought to ask LeBron James about a photo of Jerry Jones in 1957.
1: I... I kind of get it, though. Like, I can't. this is where I don't necessarily blame, like, le, again, LeBron's famous Cowboys fan. So I get asking for it. But at the same time, like, it just keeps coming back to, did you actually read the article? Right. And if you're going to actually read the article, the article spells out what Jerry Jones is. And mind you, this is an article with Jerry Jones on the record. Let's not forget about that part. Jerry Jones is very front and center about, hey, I could have done more. I don't do more. I am who I am. That is a very, like, no matter how you slice that, that is how he looked at this. That is how he chose to do this. That's what It's very, fairly cut and dry. Yeah. So if you're going to go about this, like, why don't you ask me about it? Because, again, the, the, the piece says everything you need to know. All it takes is to read the piece. And I think the the biggest problem I have with this, and you kind of highlighted it earlier, this is LeBron James. He has an Instagram account. He Mm -hmm. has a Twitter account. He has a TV show on HBO called The Shop. One that he could have brought this topic up on And we could have – he could have had a a full conversation. Hell, he could have invited Jerry himself. And they could have had this conversation. That would have been an awesome conversation. The fact that you need – again, the fact that he feels like the press needed to ask him about this, kind of disingenuous as as well. It's like LeBron sets the agenda. He doesn't – like he doesn't need us to set it for him. And the fact that he felt like we needed to, it's false equivalent equivalency. If you want to say, why don't you treat me like white athletes and why don't you ask me the same questions as white athletes? Yo, cool, fair play. But the way you went about it is is sloppy at best. And I, I quite frankly, I expect better out of LeBron for that. For All right. That.
0: Let me ask you one more thing before I let you go. Kanata Edwards at Scribe on Twitter. And this is about Kyrie. Uh, I look what, regardless of what you feel about the video, the movie that Kyrie uh, promoted. And he can say he didn't promote it, but he did because he put a link to it in his uh, social media. Um, I was a little, I was uncomfortable with what the NBA demanded of Kyrie in order to come back to the league, because I don't believe they would have demanded anybody else go through, jump through the hoops that they made Kyrie do. uh, go through in start. order to get back, and I, I felt that look. You're going to suspend him for five games or whatever. I thought the apology when he finally did own it was good. Had it had he done that initially, there wouldn't have been a five game suspension. That was Kyrie's biggest problem was refusing to back down from an uncomfortable position and continuously digging a, a deeper hole. If you want to get out of a hole, stop digging. He kept digging. Um, So I was uncomfortable with that. And I think uh, some guys around the league also were uncomfortable with that. LeBron was, I think Chris Paul was, um, what well, well, how did you think though.
1: about that? Uh, like there, there was one, I think we have to stop and recognize that where, like where Kyrie plays has a massive sure. factor in, in this discussion. Like, playing in the second or biggest enclave of Jewish American people yes. in this country matters. So I can understand why there's going to be a shopping list of things you need to do before you get back and making amends being one of them. The other thing is we got to remember he doubled down twice. Yep. So it's really hard for me. And I believe we, we talked about this earlier. Like, It's really hard for me for someone to set himself on fire, put the fire out, set himself on fire again, and be like, oh, that poor guy, he's got to deal with the consequences of third-degree burns. I'm sorry. I I can't feel sorry for you on that. But what the problem was, and I do understand this point, there were some folks that were trying to make careers out of this, like some reporters, some folks dealing in bad faith that were trying to make careers and trying to make him bow down. There was a point where I have even felt uncomfortable in this, but I'm not going sit, to sit in and stand in the way. I also understand that depending on like, how hurt you feel, how close you are to the situation, I cannot say when there's enough, when enough is enough, when there's been clear hurt given. Yeah. And I think that's the bigger thing for me is it's uncomfortable, but there was clear harm done. And if there's clear harm done and I functionally don't understand it, even though I can somewhat, I can absolutely sympathize and empathize. I'm not going to be the one to say, Hey, stop. That's enough. Even if I feel uncomfortable with it.
0: Kanata Edwards, my friend at Nada the describe on Twitter, USA,
1: Netherlands, who wins? Ah, uh, give me the Dutch.
0: Oh, get out of here.
1: I, I can't get- help no, 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 it. No,
0: no, no, I- no, 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 no. I can't help it. I am it. I love you anyway, man. man. Talk to you soon. Take care. Kannada Edwards, he's the best. Until that prediction. I have no time for that.